Good morning again. If you have your Bibles, turn with me this morning to Ephesians chapter 6. Um, we're, we're, we're continuing our sermon series, Becoming Battle Ready, the importance of putting on the full armor of God. And I want us to, to read together to begin with our focal passage, which is found in Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to look at verses 10 through 20 together this morning. Read with me. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So this morning, we're going to be looking at the fourth piece of armor, the shield of faith. This is one of the most important pieces of armor because of what is at stake if we do not use it. Over the past few weeks, we've been reminded that there is a real battle that is going on between good and evil. This battle is not in the physical realm, right? It's in the spiritual. We just read, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil. God's Word calls us always to be battle ready. And the way that we get battle ready is by putting on the full armor of God. So far within this series, we've looked at the belt of truth. Isaiah 65, 16 makes it clear that God is truth. Jesus said in John 8, 32, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Truth exists, right? Truth is knowable. We've looked at this over and over, but Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father except through me. The second piece of armor that we looked at is the breastplate of righteousness. We first looked at the wrong kind of righteousness, which is self-righteousness. Self-righteousness is all about us, right? Then we looked at positional righteousness. Positional righteousness is best described as who we are in Christ at salvation. Then we looked at practical righteousness. Practical righteousness is behavioral. It is doing what is right. Last week, we looked at the shoes of gospel peace, okay? Peace with God leads to the peace of God. If you have placed your faith and trust in Jesus, then you have peace with God. You have the assurance that when you die, you will spend eternity with the Lord. If you have the peace of God, then you know that regardless of what the devil throws our way, we're going to be able to weather any of life's storms that, that, that we're presented with. So our message point this morning as we transition to look at this fourth piece of armor is this, to stand firm 
against the enemy's attacks, we need to take up this shield of faith. Our first point this morning is the shield for battle. In verse 16, again, we read, In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. So the shield of a Roman soldier would not have been a small shield. It would have been about four or five feet um, tall. It would have been about two to two and a half feet wide. It would have been made of wood. It would have had a covering of, of leather and maybe even a thin layer of, of, of metal as well. These shields were sometimes referred to as doors because they covered the whole of man. In ancient times, they would have been used to stop the flaming arrows shot by an enemy. These flaming arrows would have been potent. They would have been like missiles. And what, what a soldier would have done is they would have taken some cotton um, or, or some fabric and they would have placed it on the end of an arrow and then they would have dipped it into a a flammable substance like pitch and right before they were to shoot that arrow they would have lit it on fire and then they would have shot it at their enemy and whenever this arrow would have hit an enemy or 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 target or 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 whatever it would have struck that pitch would have um, spread everywhere and it would have been on fire, so if it would have gotten onto a soldier's clothing, it would have burned burned them. If it would have got onto their skin, it would have provided a severe burn. These flaming darts um, very much could have been deadly if they struck a soldier um, in the wrong spot. That's why a shield was so vitally important. A soldier who failed to carry their shield into battle could very well have become a dead soldier. I made reference to this a little bit last week, but, but one of the things that, that a soldier would have done is they would have lined up side by side and they would have made this impenetrable um, 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 shield. They would have become one, basically, and they would have advanced upon their enemy. And then they could have also held their ground by, by making this impenetrable shield um, both in front of them as well as on top of them as those darts were coming their way, they would have been able to deflect those um, regardless of what, what, what came their way. So, so now the shield Paul is talking about this morning is not a physical shield, is it? It is a spiritual shield. So notice our next point. It is this, the shield of faith. Again, in verse 16, we read, In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. What we need to realize this morning is faith is our defense when we are under the attack of an enemy. Faith is what protects us when we face an enemy that seems too big for us to handle. In Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, we read, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So faith 
as described by one theologian, is one of the most misunderstood words in all of um, our religious vocabulary. Faith is not wishing. Faith is believing, right? As we walk through our Genesis study, we read uh, example after example of both men and women that were faithful, that, that heard God's word and took God at his word. So what is faith? Well, we're told in this passage of Scripture, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Here is the thing about faith. Faith is not always seeing, but is always believing. God speaks and leads us towards something that often seems unseen. We can't see heaven, but we know that heaven is real, right? Abraham could not see the promised land, but he took God at his word and believed that the promised land was going to be his inheritance. No one could, Noah could not see the floodwaters, but he knew that they were coming. That's why he built an ark to protect himself and his family. The word assurance in Greek is hypostasis. This word gives us the sense that it's, it's, it's foundational. It, it means to have a firm confidence or a steady assurance. You and I know the importance of a strong foundation, don't we? When the foundation is strong, then, then that which is built upon it will be equally strong. Our, our first um, 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 core value as a church is the Word of God. God's Word is the foundation upon which we build everything because, because we recognize that God's Word is impenetrable. Our faith is not built on shifting sand, but on a firm foundation. Notice next, faith, faith is a conviction of things not seen. F.F. Bruce wrote, referring to the faithful saints in the Old Testament, they were men and women of faith. Their faith consisted simply in taking God at his word and directing their lives accordingly. So again, the Lord told Abraham to go to a land that his eyes had never seen. The Lord told Abraham that he would be the father of a na nation when he had no kids and his wife was barren. How did Abraham respond? He responded in faith, didn't he? He believed in the promises by God. He believed that God would fulfill his word to him. Faith is knowing that God can and will do in you what his pro word promises he will do. He will forgive you of your sins. That's a promise that we have in God's word. He will give you the gift of eternal life if you place your faith and trust in him. Faith is the beginning point of our salvation story. In Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 8, we read, For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. You and I were saved by grace. Notice, though, this came about through faith. You experienced God's grace when you stepped out in faith by believing that what God said about himself was true and by believing that what Jesus did for you and me on the cross would, be, would provide forgiveness and salvation. And the first step, it is the first step of our salvation journey. That is what a step of faith is all about. 
us taking up the shield of faith is us recognizing that we are men, women, and students of faith. It means that we recognize that the devil is going to shoot those flaming darts our way. But because of our faith and because of the defensive weapon that we have in the shield of faith, those fiery darts are not going to harm us. You see, faith turns back those flaming darts from the devil. Let's look next at the shield provides protection. Again, in verse 16, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. You know, we're told of two things in the latter part of this verse. We know that the purpose of the shield, and we're reminded that evil exists, that the evil one is real. Let's look first at the flaming darts of the evil one. John MacArthur shared, the evil one means paneros. In Greek, it is translated the bad one, the vile one, the wretched one. We have firmly established with this series that the devil is real, that he is a thief, and that he is out to steal, kill, and destroy every believer in this room, every unbeliever that, that, that will be on this campus today, and every person outside the doors of this church. There is no good in the devil, and he wants there to be no presence of good within our lives either. Jesus said of the devil in John eight forty four, you are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Peter wrote, of the devil in 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firming your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. You know, the devil is all about opposing God, isn't he? He wants us to oppose him, and he wants us to rebel against his word. In fact, the first fiery dart that was ever launched by the devil was, was, was launched in the Garden of Eden. It was one of rebellion, wasn't it? The devil sought to get Adam and Eve to rebel against the word of God. In Genesis 3, 1 we read, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? I mean, the devil. Did God actually say? Man, let's be clear. Not only is the devil and his minions real, But we are told that they are crafty, right? Satan knows how to twist the truth to get us to believe something is true and good when it really is not. Satan has not changed one iota, has he? If anything, he has gotten more crafty by using the things of this world to lead us further and further away from God. I mean, just think about one of the most... um, current illustrations of this um, I, I came across a couple of weeks ago. How many of you are familiar with ChatGPT? 
or a site similar to that. This is one of many artificial intelligent language processing sites. To use ChatGPT or a site similar, a person simply asked a site a question, and then the AI simulator provides a crafty answer. Here's what is scary. These bots have created fake Bible passages, according to a new site that went viral. Okay, A trans-identifying individual posted this, posted this, said, I was feeling sad today, so I asked ChatGPT to write a fake Bible passage about Jesus accepting trans people. And this is what ChatGPT came up with. And you can see the answer or the, the, the statement here on the, on the screen. And a woman whose heart was divided between spirit and body came before him. In quiet despair, she asked, Lord, I come to you as strange, for my spirit and body are not one. How shall I hope to enter the kingdom of God? Jesus looked upon her with kindness, replying, My child, blessed are those who strive for unity within themselves, for they shall know the deepest truths of my Father's creation. Be not afraid, for in the kingdom of God there is no man nor woman, as all are one in spirit. The gates of my Father's kingdom will open for those who love and are loved, for God looks not upon the body but the heart pretty scary verse, our statement there. This verse gives false hope. This verse says nothing about sin, says nothing about faith or grace or repentance or salvation. And I'll assure you by now, there are people who have taken this faith verse and found comfort in it as if Jesus made that declaration himself. This person who asked for this verse to be created, knows it is not true. In fact, they said, I know it is not real, but it gave me some comfort. This went viral, and I read about it on multiple news sites. You know why that person went to chat GPT to begin with? They desperately wanted someone or something to justify their lifestyle for them. Did God actually say, is what the devil asked Adam and Eve at the beginning of time. The devil is a liar, a cheat, a snake, and a thief. And there's just one source of absolute truth, and that is the very word of God, isn't it? Paul reminds us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, holding fast what is good, Abstain from every form of evil. You and I, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, need to test everything. You need to make sure that what I say here week in and week out is absolutely true. If you listen to other preachers or if you read um, commentaries or books or whatever, you need to make sure that what you read and what you hear and what I read and what I hear aligns with God's Word. To not do that is, is dangerous. As we conclude this morning, let's talk about fiery darts and our protection from those darts. The shield of faith covers us entirely. 
Now, we know that the devil is constantly attacking us by shooting those flaming darts our way. These darts are tools used to get us to sin. John MacArthur shared that these flaming darts are tools of seductive temptation to elicit out of us ungodly, non-Christ-like evil responses. Think about Satan. What is it that Satan does? He attacks our eyes. He attacks our flesh. He attacks our families. He attacks our church families. He is about attacking anything that is good. He attacks those we do life with. He is a deceiver, a divider, and a destroyer. The arsenal in his tool belt, there are these flaming darts And he places them in his bow, and he shoots them at us. He shoots the dart of doubt, trying to get us to question our salvation. He he, he shoots the dart of deception. He shoots the dart of impure desires by trying to get us to take our eyes off of what is holy and place them upon things that are unholy and immoral. He takes the dart of pride and shoots it at us. He takes the dart of loneliness and despair. The devil wants you to think that you are not good enough, doesn't he? Hear me. As a child of the king, you are more than enough. I don't care what anyone else has ever told you. You are enough. We are living in a world today where we are constantly hearing from the enemy that we are not enough. And when you hear that enough, you begin to believe it, right? I want you to, to, to be reminded of what the Lord makes clear to us in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Christ has made you more than enough in him, hasn't he? You are his. You are his possession, and there is nothing that can take you out of the Father's hands. When the enemy shoots the dart that reminds you and me of our past mistakes, when he brings up um, our, 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 our sinful past, we need to remind the devil that the Lord has already forgiven us of our sin, hasn't he? He's already taken our sin and buried it in the sea of forgetfulness. He has taken our sin and removed it as far as the east is from the west. When the enemy shoots that dart of doubt, getting you to question your salvation, remind him that at the moment you repented of your sins and at the moment you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you became his possession. You You no longer belong to the God of this world. You no longer belong to the devil because you are Christ. You are his possession. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we read, Whether Paul or Apollos, Cephas or the world, or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours, and you are Christ, and Christ is God's. When the devil tries to play the same game with you that he played with Adam and Eve, seeking to get you to compromise God's word, remind him that God's word is enough for you. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, we read, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. God's word is enough for us. The devil still, we know this, has influence in this world. He still has the ability to tempt us. He still has the ability to try to lead us away from doing the Lord's will. 
He may have influence in our lives, but he does not have control over our lives because we are controlled by the Spirit of God, aren't we? Remind the devil whenever he comes a-knocking. Remind the devil when he starts shooting those fiery darts our way of what James tells us to do. We read, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The devil's going to shoot those darts our way 24-7. That's why it's so important that we strap on the full armor of God, that we take up the shield of faith. As we close this morning, let's be reminded that we need to place our trust in God and God alone. We need to stand firm when the enemy attacks. We need to put on the shield of faith, knowing that when we put on the shield of faith, we will be covered and protected from all of those darts of the evil one. And let's remember, as we've looked at over the past several weeks, the four R's of spiritual warfare. Recognize that there is a battle. Rejoice that the battle has already been won. Resist knowing that the devil will flee and respond by putting on the full armor of God. And remember, the shield of faith covers us entirely against the fiery darts of the evil one. Let me challenge each of us every day to put on the full armor of God. We are at war. It is a spiritual war, and we need to be prepared day in and day out to go to war against the evil one. Are you part of the Lord's army? If not, why not? If you haven't come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to invite you this morning to turn from your sins and to place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that if you believe and you confess, then you will be saved. So if you're here this morning, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want to invite you this morning to come. Let's stand together. And I want to lead us in a time of prayer. And then if there's a decision you need to make, I want to invite you to come. Let's pray together. Father God, we come before you this morning, recognizing that you are the King of kings and that you are the Lord of lords. Father, I come before you this morning just asking you, Lord Jesus, to just speak to each one of our hearts, Father God, as we, as we prepare to leave from this worship center and go to our growth groups. Father, we know that we are at war. We know that the devil is constantly shooting those fiery darts our way. We know that he is trying to get us to, to, to question our salvation. He's trying to get us to, to, to believe that we are not enough. He's trying to get us even to question the, 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 the truthfulness of your word. He's attacking 24-7. And that's why it's so important that we, that we heed your word and that we put on the full armor of God. And Father, one of the most important pieces of armor that we can put on is the shield of faith. Father, it is our faith in you that helps us to recognize that there is nothing the devil can do to us that A, you haven't allowed and B, that could bring eternal harm to us. So Father, help us to be men and women and students of faith. Help us to Lord Jesus, to recognize that it is only through you that a person can enter into an eternal relationship. 
Father, we love you and we thank you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If there's a decision you need to make, you come. You come.